Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Welcome to Weed and Grub Spotlight Series, everyone. Yeah, this is a series where we talk with companies and brands that we believe in. People making the world a better place. That's what's up, right? Yep. It's everything. Enjoy this episode. So what's up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Oh, we're already having fun. Do you mind introducing yourself? I will introduce myself. My name is Roxanne Dennett, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Fruit Slabs. We like to call ourselves and think of ourselves as California's preeminent health and wellness edible company. Um, because everything that we do within our edibles is really organic. It's all fresh ingredients. We don't add any sugar. There's no fillers. So it's a really different product than everything else in the edible market. Um, just being that we're really thinking about the synergy of cannabinoids and other natural goodness through Mother Nature and also how that's going to affect your body. Vegan. Vegan. Gluten-free. Yep. So good. I know Christina Bucola, who is a dear friend and good listener of the pod, it's like everything to her because she's gluten-free, vegan. It's like, she was like, that's the, that's the one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we fit into almost every single dietary specific category. Paleo is like a little bit of a hard one for us to hit because they don't, and keto too, but our sugar content, because it's just from the natural fruit, we don't add anything in there. They can eat small amounts of it throughout the day. Like my friend who was keto for over a year and a half, he's like, yeah, I could totally smash like three of these and it would still be good. And I'm like, you don't really need three of them. So that's perfect. <laughs> that's good for you. I am looking, I'm looking at the hundred milligram one you gave us, the OG mango. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I could nibble this all day and just have a little underneath. Yeah, totally. It's, and it's, it's a fruit leather. It's a fruit leather. Yeah. It, that's all like, we didn't reinvent the wheel. I say that all the time. Like I didn't really make something that amazing, but it is so amazing because it's just, it's like you look at mother nature and her superpowers and you're like, what could I combine? I don't need to fuck with anything. I don't need to like rile anything up in the way of like gelatin and sugar and banana powder and this and that and all the other things that a lot of the other edible companies you'll see have in them. And then just also traditional like fruit snacks. Like if you go to the grocery store and look at the laundry list of ingredients on like a Welch's fruit snack, even though they're like, it's a hundred percent juice. It's also like so much sugar, so much crap. Horse like hooves. Food coloring. Yeah. Horse like horse hooves. It's and it can also be pig hooves too. Oh, the no. gelatin. Really? Yeah. And there is vegetarian versions of gelatin out these days, but I've been a vegetarian for 13 years. And it's just like one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, nope, not even going to try it. So I have the edibles on the market I've never even tried before. And I have my friends who don't care. I'm like, will you try this for me and let me know how it goes? Like, I'll just play with it and like squish it in my hand and snip it. And I'm like, that's all I can do. What is the... Will you tell us the story about how you came up with the idea and founded the company? Yeah, sure. Oh, can I can I be like... Um, she walks onto a dark stage. A spotlight hits a chair. She sits down. <laughs> Everyone is hushed. Oh, it's like then, the TED Talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the TED Talk or like the vagina monologue of Fruit Slabs. Oh, yeah. Even, even better. <laughs> even better. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's immediately where my head goes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I, being a vegetarian, and my at one point about five six years ago, my body started pushing me into lactose intolerancy. And I was doing a lot of travel and I was taking, you know, sneaking some things along with me and even chocolate bars started to really upset my stomach and not digest properly. And my husband um, had been making a kind of a similar product, but not really. And it just was something that like we always snacked on. And I was like, we've got to take this and figure something out with it. So um, it was, we started Fruit Slabs in 2015. So we started playing around in 2014. It was really after the Clear Concentrate, who are dear friends of ours, um, launched Distillate. And it kind of changed the game with being able to infuse products in a different way and not having that fat soluble need of olive oil or butter. Um, And also, you know, rosin and hash was coming into play. So we, in 2014, late 2014, we started really messing around with like a lot of different hashes um, where we didn't need to break them down in the butter and the oil and the fat soluble content. So we've kind of had um, an array of, of inputs go in from shatter to wax to rosin and then finally landed on distillate as like the greatest thing to because it's already activated it's full cannabinoid level um but the cool part about our product i think the coolest part about our product is that fruits have natural terpenes in them that's botanical terps are out there for everybody and we know that terpenes really change the way that can cannabis affects you like if you smoke just a raw distillate oil all day long you're going to hit a wall of how high you can get because it's just the isolated thc interesting yeah but if you add the terpenes into it then it kind of swings it either way and mango is really high in myrcene and a lot of our product except for the grape is a mango base Mm -hmm. so it really affects however you are feeling like if you need to go to sleep it'll help you go to sleep if you want to go on a hike with your friends it's really going to enhance like the the nature and like the hike and you'll get like a great body high with it but the grape one like i was saying to you earlier with our sleep mask that you're so cutely wearing i love this thing (laughs) we decided to launch the sleep mask because of finding out that grapes, um, grapes and bananas are two of the top five fruits that the like uh, National Sleep Foundation and Insomnia Foundations have on their list of fruits to help you sleep at night. And top five fruits, I like to that. help you sleep. To help you sleep. So grapes and bananas are both high in melatonin, and bananas are high in L-tryptophan, Whoa. which is like after your turkey dinner, you get passed out. So that synergizing with the cannabinoids helps people get the greatest sleep of their life. We like to say. And no wonder when there were all those Greek kings being fed grapes. No were, wonder they were all laying down. Right, they're all sleepy and like on their shea lounges, <laughs> just being fed. And yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. And in the new product that we just launched with Laganja Estranja. We let her choose the flavor. It was a lot of back and forth and making sure that it was exactly what she wanted and that she loved. And her favorite thing is limes. So she really likes that citrus aspect. So it's a mango base with passion fruit and lemon lime twisted on top. And now that it's out on the market, people are coming back to us being like, this one gets me like really hyphy. Like I'm like elevated. I'm like really excited. And there's something that now we're trying to explore what the citric acid 
from the lemons and the limes because it's all organic fruit, how that is actually affecting the cannabinoids too. And if you think about like all the lemon haze strains, those are all very uppity sativa diva strains. So we're kind of, it's really cool when we start playing around with new fruits and how the cannabinoids will start affecting so that we don't need to add in any terpenes. And essentially to your body digests terpenes very differently, but when it's already locked into the fruit like it's not a cannabis derived terpene and it's not just like an added thing we're really seeing the effects of it being so synergistic with the cannabinoids and i don't think that there's any other product on the market that can talk about that that's incredible i just started learning really learning about distillate versus any of the other things because um i really didn't know and i i had to write a piece about it so i did a deep dive into it and I had no idea that it really is just like the pure, raw, isolated, activated mm-hmm. cannabinoids and so that you can eat distillate and get the effects that you wouldn't be able to from eating like resin or any, anything else. else. It's it's the activated Delta 9 um, compound of THC, which is what you need to get high mm-hmm. to have that like kind of psychotropic effect to you. You can also just mix it into any lotion that you have and it'll all of a sudden become a topical. So it's a really, like you can lick it, you can put it on your skin. It's very, very activated. Um, This is great. So I could like dab some mango on one side of my neck and a little bit of lotion on the other and have some fun? Well, distillate. Yeah, you'd have to have the distillate on like on one side of your neck and then lotion over there and then kind of mix them all together down on your Adam's apple and <laughs> you just have like a nice pain relief there. That's great. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. If you're sleeping, like you got the old sleep crick in your neck, mm-hmm. distillate could help with that. Oh, totally. That's most of the um, topical companies, to my knowledge, most of the topical companies that I, I have known and work with, they are using distillate in there because it's already activated. It's fully, it's loud. It's like turned on. And the other thing with distillate that I learned is that you can use all of the plants. So historically parts of the cannabis plant that would have been trashed and thrown away can now be put into this process, which makes distillate like more widely available and a better totally. sort of more affordable option, right? And it's very sustainable too, because it's like you can take so much of that plant material and you're left with very little after that. It's commonly referred to as like boof because it's just like really light, fluffy like material. But now we're even finding that you can turn that into other things. And like, um, I know that there are some friends of mine that have started playing around with like adding that into like hempcrete, hemp concrete, or you can like actually, like the whole plant can be broken down, which is really incredible because with everything else out there, like cotton only has one job, trees only have a couple jobs. And now with hemp, and cannabis, it's like, you, that plant has so many jobs. Like, it might save the world. It can definitely save the world. Absolutely. That's so cool. I love thinking about that aspect of it as it being like, you can eat it, you can smoke it, you can make it into edibles, you can make it into concrete, you can build a house out of it, it can work as fuel. Yeah. All of everything. And it grows three times faster um, than any trees do. Like, I mean, think about it. How many times a year can we harvest cannabis? Like, yeah. most of the time it's one or two big harvests. But how many times can you harvest a tree? It takes like 15 years for a tree to grow. Mm -hmm. And then it's more recyclable. It's more sustainable. So, but I think that that's, I'm, I'm really like in love with the history of cannabis prohibition and I've done so much research into it. I actually wrote many college papers on it too for my political science degree. And that's the biggest reason why it became criminalized is because they got scared. It was Harry Onslinger's uncle or somebody in his family was one 
one of the executives at DuPont and DuPont started to realize that their timber was going to be affected. Their oil was going to be affected. So they teamed up with William Randolph Hearst. They promoted yellow journalism. And here we are a hundred later, hundred years later fighting for our rights to have a plant back because it was corporate greed that got scared. Hell yes. That and racism, right? Yeah, totally. Fear and racism and greed. Yep. And it's still out there too. And it's crazy. Like when you're looking at how much activism is around cannabis right now, but then you look at the numbers of people still sitting in jail and who are going to jail for like a joint in their pocket because they're an African-American man. And you're like, the fuck are we doing here? The fuck. The fuck are we doing? And then you have all these, unfortunately, white men who are owning 81% of all the cannabis companies. There's loads of money coming in and nobody else really has that. I mean, 81%, that leaves a very, that's 19% that women, African-Americans, Latinos, whatever else you can think of, can participate in, in businesses. And that's kind of unfair but I think that we're here to change that yeah I mean I I feel like you know at the sort of beginning at the outset of like the legal marijuana market coming online everyone thought that, that it would be gender equity and right fair and it's not in your experience no it's not I mean in LA alone they're the social equity program which bravo to them I really applaud everything that they're doing I keep a close eye on them they have been fighting for months and months and months to just get money allocated that was supposed to be allocated in the general fund of Los Angeles um, over to the social equity programs and they've misappropriated the funds like two or three times and it's just it's insane like why can't there why can't we just stay the course of what the laws were going to be written and give people a chance to participate but Mm -hmm. such is life in America I guess. We're changing it from the inside. We're changing it. And I mean, even the fact that there is a social equity group out there that's, you know, central to LA and central to bigger cities is like, you have people out there fighting the good fight. And I I know this social equity program through Laganja and her old manager, um, her name is Kristen, and she's just killing it and trying to make huge, huge changes at the policy level. They're always going out and advocating at civil society hall and really fighting for it. And Mm -hmm. it's like... Yes, we need more of that out there. I am so fascinated by your story as like a young woman in the cannabis industry making waves and being a boss. Thank you. Can you you talk a little bit about your experience as being, like what what you've had to fight for and what you've had to go up against? Gosh, I, every day is an interesting day. And it's an... (laughs) (laughs) That word had such italics across it. Yeah. That's like my PC word. I'm like, that's interesting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it's a really interesting thing. And there are some days where like I can, you know, really be like, I'm a woman in the industry. I mean, every day I feel very proud to be a young woman in the industry and now a pregnant young woman in the industry, which is a whole new ball game. And that was like a very scary thing at first. Like, how are people going to judge me? Are people going to think that I can't work anymore? Um, and trying to like overcome that kind of complex of what was set in front of our mothers, you know, like our mothers were just secretaries. And once they got pregnant, like, oop, you're done. Like you can't actually do anything anymore. Um, but it has, it's a challenge sometimes to have my voice heard at meetings 
but I have my own way of getting that heard. And it's not just by talking louder, it's by being really smart and just listening harder and being able to sneak into conversations in a different way and like really illuminate certain parts of that conversation so that my voice is being heard. Um, but there's often times that, you know, people will kind of be like, oh, you you're the CEO. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yes, I am. I've done, I mean, it's not without the, the, you know, help of my partners too. And my, my second co-founder who's up in Oakland who manages all of our production is amazing as well. But like, I really sit at the helm and, and guiding things and trying to grow our business in an extra, like an extreme way. Um, and it's challenging. I mean, it's, it's constantly challenging because it's a man's man's world out there. And you see a lot of the companies, like we're still self-funded. We're in our first round of fundraising right now. And it's, I look at a lot of other companies that have like a bunch of dudes on their executive board. And I'm like, how, how did you do it? Like, what is going on here? Um, but everybody's story is different. So I think that there are, there are challenges some days, but I think the way that, things are separating right now that it's almost like an empowerment sign that I have that I can, we can be like, we're fucking woman owned. Like we're woman bred and woman led. And I am sitting at the helm of it and my male colleagues are supporting it and always cheering me on for it. So it's like, cool, I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to use that as like, um, as a source of power and a sort like leverage rather than it keeping me down, you know? Mm -hmm. Do, do you have a, a most infuriating moment story that you can share? Oh, man. I, like, coming off the top of my head, I feel like not really, cool. um, which is good. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure, like, a year or two ago, I could definitely speak louder to that. But right now, things have been really positive in, in terms of being a woman. And I think that it's the company you keep. And so weeding out pun intended certain nice. individuals and yeah. certain yeah, <laughs> certain companies that like you don't want to work with and we we're kind of having that chat later i will not name the company that we were talking about but they had a lot of misogynistic tendencies and pulling away from people that it's like once you realize your power and everybody has power whether you're a woman a man a gay person a black person asian person we all have our source of power it's just when you find it and recognizing that I can do business with whoever I want to. And I don't have to do business with everybody. Even if you are a large media corporation or a big boss of you know an established dispensary chain, if I make the decision that you're not who I wanna have my brand represented by and who I wanna be working with, then I have the power to say no. And sometimes no business is best business. And that is, that's a lesson I've had to learn, but a mentor taught me that a few years ago. And now being in, in, in the CEO seat, it's like, I get that. I really get it. Saying no can be so hard. It can be very hard. Especially when it's like either maybe I don't want to step on anyone's toes or maybe I like need to be liked or maybe it's like everything feels like an opportunity and that feels so validating when anybody wants to fuck with you at any level. Yeah. The last part too about opportunity. I'm very like opportunistic. I think a lot of us are. And when you're running a small business and you're totally self-funded, you're like, oh my God, but I need this. And like, this could change everything. But then you can realize that you get in, in business bed with like 
dinosaurs or vultures or whatever animal snakes in the grass wolves and you're like this no I'm trying to go lay with the dogs and the cats and like the nice animals and you know the sloths yeah. the sloths and they move a little bit slow but they're sweet as shit so like I'll take it shout out sloths <laughs> Um, could we try these? Yeah. So those ones are are non-infused. So okay. they're not going to get you super lit. Cool. Um, they're not going to get you lit at all, actually. People will look at me sometimes. I was in a dispensary in San Diego the other day, and the guy was like, are you sure that these aren't infused? Because I've had a company tell me that. We got so high. And I'm like... I am positive because my production manager, shout out to Kona, does a great job in our facility to make sure that we're not cross-contaminating, that all of that. And the non-infused samples are great because when people, when we're at the dispensary and someone's like, well, what's a fruit slab? And we started a campaign earlier this year, hashtag not a gummy. My sailor mouth, I'm like, we're not a fucking gummy because we're not a gummy. It's like, we're completely different. Is there somewhat of a textural similarity? Sure. But a gummy has usually a gelatin or tapioca syrup base, tons of sugar in it, fruit flavoring. We are not a fruit flavored product. We are a fruit based product. And it's all USDA certified organic fruit. Like you cannot promote your weed product as organic, but I can put on the back on the ingredients that it is because we have these certifications for it. You know, the ingredient itself is organic. It's non-GMO project verified. So it's just super healthy. It's so delicious and it makes me so happy because it takes me back to my favorite after school snack. I was thinking the same. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fruit roll ups? Yes. Yum. Everybody loves a fruit roll up, right? Oh, man. I used to love coming home and getting the box out and getting a fruit roll up and lying on my stomach in front of the TV and like watching my after school specials, whatever. And this is like a much healthier, more delicious version. Thank you. <laughs> more delicious. Way like, more delicious. Like mango tastes like mango. Mm. Yes, as it mango. should. Yeah. As it should. And there are there are other like fruit leather products even just in Whole Foods, like for example, because there's not really anybody else on the market doing what we're doing in the cannabis industry. But when you go into Whole Foods and you look at certain fruit leathers, but it's like apple, goji, banana, peach, and it's not in, the, but it's a mango fruit leather. And you're like, where's the mango like and it's the third ingredient in the list and when you're making a food product you have to the first ingredient is the most potent ingredient it's the most that you're using so ours is literally like what you guys just ate was literally mango there's nothing else in there and then when you eat the infused one it's mango and thc that's it all of our ingredients all five flavors that we have are all five ingredients or less all of the packages for 100 milligrams are 100 calories or less. So it's like you're not even getting high caloric in there. The sugar is really low. And in certain ones, like especially the grape ape, which is the grape banana, you're getting so much potassium. I think it's like 19. I can feel my abs are growing. Yeah. I'm just getting ripped over here. This, this is great. Also, can I just say, we were talking about earthquake kits recently. This is a earthquake kit ready to go product. So we like to call ourselves the apocalypse edibles for that reason. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> because they literally, like, we have to put a shelf life on there by BCC regulation. So we have to have a year shelf life. But we have experimented. And as I was saying, when I first arrived, we're doing a lot of, like, renovating and, you know, redecorating at our home right now. Um, and expecting this little human that's growing inside of me. Mm -hmm. And we found some like three, four year old fruit slabs. And we we're like, 
rip into it. I mean, I didn't eat any myself, but like I smelt it and touched it and ripped it. And my husband ate some and he's like, fucking tastes great. Like it's still bomb. And it's so if you, we actually do have a bunch of these in our earthquake bag, like in our, in our getaway bag, our bug out bag, as we call it, both infused and non-infused because they are healthy and you do get nutritional values with them. Like I was going to say the grape ape, you get 19 milligrams of potassium per 10 milligram square which is crazy. Like that's, it's just it's like eating three bananas or something, right? I don't know exactly what the breakdown is, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, potassium is really good for you and potassium allows other things to attach to your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So other health benefits, probably the cannabinoids too. So it's, it's, it's just like mother nature is doing her thing in our product. And that's, I love celebrating mother nature. You're wearing feather earrings. I am. I mean, you're all about this life. I am all about this life. I really... I love the planet and I love just like being natural. And I've, I've been a vegetarian for 13 years and um, that was mainly just due to health and personal reasons. But then through that crusade, it's like you recognize what the meat industry is doing to the earth. And, you know, I don't think that everybody should stop eating meat. I'm not that vegetarian. I'm not going to preach that. But I do think that everyone should be cutting back on meat so that we're not having such like um, the greenhouse gases and the ozone thing, we do know that agricultural farming is one of the biggest contributors to climate change. That and flying in airplanes, which I don't know if you guys have heard, there's like a new thing in the Nordic countries where that's fly shaming, Mm -hmm. where they're like no longer taking airplanes and they're taking trains and they're like fly shaming is a thing. Yeah. I read an article about it last week. I was like, oh, yeah leave it leave it up to the like scandinavian countries to be like you cannot do this anymore right (laughs) they're so like proper with their health care and their environmental policies and i love them and applaud them for it but they also are like the size of rhode island yeah so it's a much different ball game when you don't have so many constituents and population and like they can take a train to germany and not have an issue but what are we gonna do you Uh, know and culture and exploration is so important to humanity it's like a bird to vegas yeah Right, just it's like ride a lime scooter to Atlantic City. <laughs> Care? Why not? I wonder how long that would take you. <laughs> yeah, right. You they still go, have to charge it. You still have to charge it. That's hilarious. I think they go like 15 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. What's the breakdown on 3,000 plus miles? Be, at 15 it would take a you mile. like a week to get to Vegas from here. <laughs> but it'd be kind of funny. That'd I think cool. maybe you should do it. Yeah, for charity. I do it for charity. I think that's a great idea. You know? would be like the Forrest Gump of Lime Scooters, you know? Yes. Remember when he just kept running and running? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Run, Forrest! <laughs> oh, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Classic. Does your um, does your baby like high-five you instead of kick because of what you're putting into your body? Um, sometimes I do feel like that is, he is a very active baby. We're having a boy and he is incredibly active and, but he really likes you know, food and like whenever I feed myself and he's just like raging in there. And, um, my partners, my business partners and I, we all met at music festivals. We're all very musically like inclined. And I'm just, I like look down at my belly and I'll be like, bro, we are not at a Tiesto show right now. Like you are (laughs) raging with glow sticks in my womb, but it's good because an active baby means a healthy baby. And it's like, you have to have fetal quick movement. And especially now I'm getting into third trimester. Like you have to start actually counting your kicks to make sure that you're getting 10 with it or like 
I think three to 10 within like 10 minutes per every three hours. And if it lowers, then you have to start kind of getting a little bit concerned. And I'm like, cool, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah. He does like to wake me up at 4 a.m. though and be like, Bitch, I could eat a muffin. And I'm like, oh my God, this He's is like, annoying. <laughs> what up, mom? I could have some muffins right now. I'm like, okay, okay we're having 4 a.m. muffins then. Or bananas, because then it helps me get back to sleep, yeah. which is great. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you thought about, uh, there's so much stigma around pot and parenting, right? Mm-hmm. And it's such a big topic, I think, now as marijuana goes more and more mainstream. Like, the world at large wants to know, like, what about it? You yeah. Know, do you do you address it? You know, when you like right now as a as the CEO of a company, a cannabis company. Totally. I mean, it's you know, people will ask me if I'm consuming or if I'm doing this or I'm doing that, and I I, I kind of keep it to myself. Um, I don't really consume on a daily basis at all. Have I during the pregnancy, during morning sickness? Yeah, because nausea medicines, a lot of them will actually cause birth defects. So like, what are you supposed to do for two weeks when you're just like puking on yourself and you feel like you're on a deep sea fishing boat? But there is not a whole lot of research. There are several peer reviewed studies that have come out and there are some medical professionals and midwives that will like low key whisper under their breath and be like, it's not that bad. But I think that it's still, because we lack the scientific evidence, it's something that I kind of have taken a huge step back from, which was really alarming and difficult at first but it's it's cool because like you can use your power again and use your power to not be drinking and to not be eating certain things and to not be imbibing in cannabis after 14 years of smoking cannabis on a daily basis as a medical ritual um but once the baby comes it's something that i've always cannabis i always say saved my life i used to have like really debilitating anxiety and i never wanted to take pills because i was growing up in Southeast Virginia and watching all the moms become zombies on Zoloft and Prozac and Valium and, you know, Xanax and everybody just zombie faced out. And I was like, yeah, dad, I don't want to do that. And my dad and I, like my dad has always been a cannabis enthusiast. And so we had a big conversation about it and it was like, cool, this is a choice that I can make for my life. And it saved my life and saved me from flunking out of school. And so And once the baby is here and I'm clear to go, like I will be inviting cannabis back as a daily ritual. And once the baby is old enough to understand and comprehend, like I'm not going to be like blazing bongs while I'm breastfeeding. Like that sounds really terrible, you know, but like baby's asleep, go outside, have a nice joint, whatever I want to do. And then when he's old enough to understand, it's very much going to be a conversation in our household. My husband is in the industry as well. He works for um, an Israeli terpene company called Ibna, which is amazing. And they're doing a ton of research. Israel's got the game on lock a little Mm -hmm. bit. It's fascinating. Israel's badass. And like now my husband is in this company. His name is Matt. And Matt is in this company, Ibna, and they're doing a lot of research, like clinical and scientific research trials in Israel with um, focus groups surrounding different ailments and what terpenes can do. And it's just so dope to like be a proxy to that and just kind of have like this information being thrown at me and and absorbed. And so we're going to be very healthy about it, but it is, I feel actually really lucky to be a parent in the industry because I want to help shape other people's ideas of it. And I think 
that, I mean, part of the reason I created Fruit Slabs too, I was very inspired by like, I was called the Oklahoma City soccer moms, which even though my oldest sister is not in Oklahoma, she's in Austin, Texas, and she is a soccer mom now. She never wanted to smoke weed. She was always like, no, I don't know about that. You and dad are so crazy with it. Like, I'm not going to do it. But she loves to eat a fruit slab and go to a concert. And it's like her thing. And now her, you know, like when her and her friends are in California, they're like, can we have some fruit slabs? I'm like, yes, because it's better for you than drinking a bottle of wine when you come home at night. Like we all have anxiety, we all have stress. And I think as a mother, because you're taking so much on, like you're reaching out for something to relax you. And cannabis, I feel very passionately, is a much better option than cupcakes or wine or Xanax or whatever you're reaching to in like that capacity to relax you. So I really wanted to make a product and brand it in a way that those type of women wouldn't feel scared to have fruit slabs hanging out in a cabinet. And when the kids are just being crazy, they're like, fuck it, I'm eating 10 milligrams and nobody's going to know and I'm not going to have to smoke it. And I can just like go into a place of relaxation and be able to handle what's happening. Absolutely. Man. You make me think, I guess I'll say it out loud. (laughs) You make me think also about the times when, especially I was in college, when I would just fill a water bottle with vodka to pregame before going out for the night. Sure. And at a certain point I was like, you know, this ain't it. And so, but if you pregame with something like this, because it'll kick in like an hour to like 90 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find your dosage. Mm-hmm. So it's like the perfect thing to time out before going to do the thing later. Totally. And then you don't have to carry around a, a bottle of Everclear and Kool-Aid anymore. Oh my gosh. I think we all did that though, Mike. I was right there with you. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I used to smuggle it into concerts in my bra and Ziplocs. Yeah. The cannabis, right? Like... Oh no. Alcohol. Oh, oh shit. What, yeah, like, like bags? Like silicone, like silicone implants, but booze. That was how... Because I used to go to a lot of concerts at like quote unquote dry venue venues like you know whatever like jones beach for instance in new york was a dry venue when i was going to concerts there and so i would like just put vodka in a ziploc bag and put it in my bra that is really badass (laughs) that's like a queen movement right there i'm like holy shit they do like there's all these things out now that they have to do that like they have actual like tampons which sounds really gross but like they look like a tampon and you can actually put like two shots of liquor in there and carry it into a show yeah it's crazy man what a world what a world well thank you for this wristband that has a nice little pocket in it yeah absolutely put your weed in there sneak your little dime bag in there or like i said earlier you know you if you need some like spare cheese cubes (laughs) some cheese it's (laughs) cheese cubes you know a little granola a fruit slab a fruit slab you can definitely fit the little samples like you just fold them up and stick them in there so take them to go thank you you're very welcome you started fruit slabs in 2015 yeah 2015 is when we launched wow the landscape since 2015 has changed so much. So much. What do you anticipate coming up? Well, like, when do you think things are really going to tip? I mean, I I think that we are, like, on the crest of the wave, right? The wave is just building right now. And I, I actually love this question because some people, especially in the media, will be like, do you think that we've already reached the pinnacle of CBD? And I'm like, oh, fuck no. We are just getting started. Like, really, truly just getting out of prohibition and criminalization. And the studies are starting to happen. I know MIT is involved in Duke. And I think Harvard has some studies going on, too. Michigan State, I believe. Once those start to come out, everything's going to change. And we're already seeing um, international 
trade happening from like Colombia to UK and Germany. They already have things open. It's more specifically with CBD and like less than 0.6% THC. Um, but my goal and what I've always wished to see with cannabis and what I think is now going to happen is like Mr. Gorbachev tear, tear down that wall. And it's mm. like, we're just going to see the, the cannabis regulations, like the walls just continue to drop and drop and drop and drop. And I was on the phone with a guy the other day and he's like, you know, we're going to start to see inter- interstate commerce happening. And I was like, so we don't have to call it interstate trafficking anymore. Like, because that's what you're so used to. Like Mm -hmm. I will get people outside in the DM on the Instagram and they're like, can you ship to Maryland? I'm like, no, federal laws prohibit me. And I really like running a business and I'm not going to put myself out there to just get you some fruit slabs. I'm really sorry. We'll be there as soon as we can, you know? Um, But having interstate commerce happening, being able to ship nationwide, worldwide, um, because I, again, I truly believe cannabis is a medicine and everybody can heal from it. Everybody can benefit from it. It's magical. It's medical. It's life changing. Um, when that's going to happen though, I don't think in the next five years, unfortunately, I'm interested to see what 2020 presidential elections are going to bring mm-hmm. because whoever gets in the hot seat is definitely going to have a, this is such a you know big topic, a big, big political issue, but I don't think in their term in the next four years, they're going to be able to push it in certain ways. But I do think that with the Farm Bill Act um, and that allowing farmers to flip their crop to hemp, we're going to start seeing this resurgence of farming in America. It'll come back around. It's going to come back around, which thank God, like literally thank God, thank the universe, whatever you believe in. Because when you look at those kind of panhandle, like middle America states like Oklahoma and Kansas and Kentucky, in Arkansas and Alabama, they're all really suffering in their political economy. And if these farmers can start to flip it around and grow hemp rather than cheap tomatoes or watermelons, and they can make, you know, three to four times the profit that they're making, we're going to see our economy boost. And I think that is going to be like the tipping point is once people see, because everybody's focused on the economy. Like we love cannabis because we're enthusiasts for it. But the other people sitting on the other side and growing up in the South, I get these people where they're like, cannabis is devil's lettuce. Like Mm -hmm. we're never going to bring that back. I'm like, wait until you can see how much money you can make off of it, bro. Cause you are going to change that mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really going to be our tipping point is once we start to see hemp, like being brought back in as a fiber, as a paper, as everything it founded this country on literally like the first um the first draft of the declaration of independence was written on hemp paper the actual one is not it's like the first currency in the united states of america was cannabis you had to grow a certain amount on your plot during the colonial days or you'd be put in jail and we're gonna go back to that and we're gonna start seeing that as like money can fucking grow on trees it's called cannabis yeah (laughs) fuck yeah fuck yeah yeah i will vote for you um, thank you, because it's actually one of my biggest goals is to run for office. Yeah. I really would love to be a senator of California one day. And yeah. that's kind of like people ask me where your next step is. And it's always been like since I was 11 years old, I've wanted to run for for a Senate seat. And 
being a political science major, one of my professors, I'll never forget, he's like, you're really talented, but you're never going to make it in Virginia. He's like, you were moving to either New York, California, or both. And I did. After I graduated, I moved to New York City, spent three and a half years there, met the love of my life. We moved out to California because I was like, I just really want to do cannabis things. He's like, me too. We love smoking weed together. <laughs> and it's like, cool, I'm here. And I would really love to take that next step. Because I really, I feel passionate about being able to help people and being able to make better policies. That's why a lot of this conversation has gone back to that. Dennett 2028? Hey, I'm about it. Yeah. Hopefully. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I really wanted to get my feet wet in business. And when I first like was studying politics, I was like, I'm going to law school and that's what it is. And then I graduated college. I was like, ooh, I'm not going to law school. I do not want to do that. And so you look at other politicians and there's a lot of business owners. So I'm like, cool. If I can make waves and be a positive business owner, then that is an established ground and foundation for a lot of politicians to get elected. So it's definitely next step. When that next step is going to happen, maybe 2028, maybe sooner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Fruit Slabs is like, I'm having so much fun with it. And I love being a part of the changing industry and helping shape it too. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, what kind of, I know you do it, you, you have your partnership with Laganja. Are there other things that you guys do as a company that you partner up with or like? We're starting to work more on it. Yeah. Um, the Laganja partnership was so special for me because I met her at a High Times Cannabis Cup like three-ish years ago. Um, and thanks to Chelsea at Puffco, she introduced us to Shout one of Chelsea. I love Chelsea. Oh, she's, she's the homie. Best. Yep. Yeah. So she introduced us. She's like, you guys have got to meet. And Laganja doesn't really like a lot of edibles. And she just naturally fell in love with fruit slabs. And it was earlier this year. I think it was like April, like end of March, beginning of April. And Laganja just naturally organically posted something about fruit slabs. And I hit her up in the DM. I'm like, you want to do a collab? She's like, yeah, of course. And we were like flirting with the devil with the timeline because <laughs> to launch a new product in two months to hit for pride is like, it was maniacal, but we did it even though we, you know, the product officially launched in July, but we were there for San Diego pride. Um, but it's been so epic because she is just such a force. And like we were talking earlier, keeps it very fucking real and keeps me on my toes and teaches me things about social media that I never knew and just is she's a really great partner and it's I was talking with her the other day and I'm like you're forever gonna be a part of my brand like she's such an asset to us and so recognizing how monumental that has been for us to get you know as a like having her as a brand ambassador into the LGBTQ community like I'm a white girl with a husband like I can speak to that community and let them know that I love them as much as possible but she is ingrained. Like she is a movement and a force and like people love and respect. And so it really felt more organic for us to, you know, embody that. And so using that as kind of a platform and springboard into the next steps, we're now in conversations with um, a cool band that maybe we're going to be doing a CBD partnership next year. Um, they're, they're like a they're not super, super well known, but they're very cool in what they do. They're very jammy and jazzy. And, um, the bass player is a really good friend of ours and he's just such a huge supporter of, of fruit slabs. And so that again, feels very organic and, doing um a product for kind of like the underdog communities as i like to call it you know the not white male communities um with lgbtq and we're we're looking and focusing on the latin community because there's so much happening 
with Latinos right now and with immigration policies and things like that. And like, what can we do to empower and also let these communities know like, Hey, we're here for you. So we have been working on a new flavor that we're hopefully going to launch around day of the dead, but it's kind of, we're still in R and D, so I don't want to make any promises, but we are going to do that to where it's Latin inspired. And then similar to what we're doing with Laganja, we don't really talk about it too much, but we are going to give proceeds of sales to Laganja's preferred um, organization because it's her Im- ambassadorship. And I feel like a lot of companies, the reason we don't talk about it is because I feel like a lot of companies boast that, but do they ever take the check? Mm-hmm. So it was like something that we had <laughs> talked about where I'm like, let's promote it when we're actually walking in with a check that is signed to like do this. And we kind of want to do the same thing with the Latino community and, and support an organization, potentially work with a brand ambassador in that community. If you're out there listening and you think you'd be a great brand ambassador, please hit me up because we are in search of that. Um, and just work towards doing better for, for everybody, you know? There's like Ben and Jerry's has that platform. They're one of our favorite brands where if you're doing good for the community around you, your business is going to do better. And we really like Patagonia, Dr. Bronner's, Ben and Jerry's. They're like our top three favorite brands that we really want to model our ethos around. Thanks for changing the world. I'm, I'm trying. Thanks Fucking for hell. thanks yeah. for letting me talk about it. It's, yeah. it's awesome. It's Thank everything. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's a mission. You know, it's not easy because you still have to pay your bills and you still have to pay your employees. But I really do believe in that model of you you help others. You know, help me help you, and everybody will stand up behind you. And I think that if we can just be like cheerleaders of that mantra and really push that mantra, then like hopefully I can inspire other people around me to do the same thing. And then magically the world becomes a better place. Maybe I just have like the rosiest glasses on today, (laughs) but (laughs) I'll be real. It's what the world needs right now more than ever. Like it needs the artists and the light to stand up to all of these forces of darkness that are swirling around. So Truly. It's exactly the message that everyone needs to hear. It's needed it for a long time, but now we have platforms such as yourselves doing an amazing job and podcasts and technology that can allow this message to get out versus back in the day, like going back to yellow journalism, if you weren't a powerful man being realistic and you didn't have the money to support your press getting out there, the only press that the people were going to see is what the people that could fund it was, you know? And now... We have like Apple News. I fucking love Apple News. Like I get the headlines and I'm like, oh my God, what's happening right here? You're constantly in touch with other cultures, other races, other religions. And there's kind of like these barriers breaking down because we're able to be more visually and like, you know, um, visually stimulated and audibly stimulated. (laughs) Yeah. And just like reading more articles and getting more into that. Like I hate when people talk about the millennial community and they're like, you guys are just so lazy and I, you just got like yeah. such a frustrated look yes. on your face Yes, because it, we're like, we're not lazy. Y'all just kind of happen to ruin half of the economy for us. And it's a lot harder. Most of us are working two to three jobs. And if we're not right now, we just got done working two to three jobs and we're, we're actually just talking to one another and we're having more conversations that break the rules of don't talk about money, politics, or religion. I always hated that saying growing up. I'm like, 
the most important things that make everything move? Literally, how many wars have been fought on money, politics, and religion? Like that is the basis for war. So why are we not communicating about that? That just is like the most wackadoodle thing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wackadoodle is the word. <laughs> That's another PC term. Like wackadoodle. <laughs> Nobody could get upset about that. It sounds ridiculous yeah. and it is, but it's like, that's just whack. Like it's wackadoodle, you yeah. know? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're coming up on it. Yeah. Could we hear everything about where everyone can find you? And um, also side note, these don't have, these aren't infused at all. No. We could put these in a contest box, right? Yeah. On Instagram. Yes. And send them to that person in West Virginia who might be like, I would like to try this. How can I try it? Yes. We can send you one. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. And we have them in all flavors. I just happen to only have the mango right now because we give them out to dispensaries so that they're they're customers that they're like, what's a fruit slab? Because we're not a gummy. We're not a chocolate. We're not a baked good. So a lot of consumers are just like in their box, you know, and they're like, well, what do I, I don't know. I'm confused. I don't want to try it. So uh, there are great dispensaries that we work with that are like, we want the non-infused samples. People can try it right there on the floor. We're not breaking any laws. So we are available in about 75 shops throughout California, maybe even higher than that right now. But you can go to our website, www.fruitslabs.com, and there's an available app tab. That is a live map where you can find Fruit Slabs in your neighborhood. Um, we have a really big presence in Southern California and we're growing more up in the Central Valley and in NorCal, but SoCal has really been our bread and butter for a long time. Um, you can find them everywhere. We're like in all the shops down in Santa Ana and Long Beach, um, a bunch of shops down in San Diego, all throughout LA as well. And if you just go to our website, you can find that. And then soon enough, we will have CBD ready. So we have been working on formulations for CBD and just exploring, making sure that we can tweak the recipe so that a full spectrum CBD oil is in there and you can't taste it. And it doesn't have that funny tinge on the back of your throat. Um, And once that launches, we're hopefully going to start working with major retailers, but we'll definitely have it online. So we're really, really, really stoked. So those people in West Virginia and in Florida and Oklahoma can at least try the CBD until their laws allow us to, to break through. And um, probably late September, October, you will be able to find our product in Washington state. Yes. We have been working on our first partnership up there. Um, and then hopefully by the end of the year, Massachusetts as well. So we are expanding and yeah, people are really stoked about it. And it's really, it's just like humbling for me. I'm like very excited, but I'm also like, okay, I did it. Like people really want to work with us and want to work with our product and want to see healthier edibles hit the market. And that was my biggest dream walking into this space. And now we're getting reached out by other companies and other states that want to license the brand. So we're out there, we're out here and we're going to be in even more places by the end of, you know, this year and also 2020. At Fruit Slabs on Instagram? At Fruit Slabs on Instagram. Yes. And Twitter because thank you Laganja for, <laughs> for making me get back on my Twitter game. She schooled me one day and I appreciate it because we learn from the people that we keep in our lives. So we're on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and on the website as well. Will you come back um, when you have time after being like, you're? it's going to be like, uh, Senator, thank you so much for joining us. Oh and my then gosh. CBD is in Trader Joe's and the whole thing is just 
out there. My you come just back? made my life. Like my heart just skipped a beat. I'm like, Great. thank you. Yes, I can really envision that and like feel that vibe. But um, I would love to come back. I it's a pleasure to be here with you guys, and I really appreciate you giving me the time and a great conversation. It's such a joy, and we love putting things out in the air here on this podcast more than anything. So things we believe in. Yeah, yeah, Thank people you. we believe in. Thank yeah. you, I appreciate it. And if you want to find us, we are at Weed and Grub on Instagram, at Weed and Grub on Twitter. Our website is www.weedandgrub.com. Leave a five star review, leave a comment, slide into our DM, send Mary Jane a whisk pick. Yes, please. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.